0: Good afternoon Central Baptist Church family, Uh, good afternoon to you two who are joining us for this live stream. Unfortunately we were not able to live stream in the morning um, for various reasons that have been communicated to the church. Um, Thank you so much for joining us. We um, are still in lockdown, still um, at home. Um, but we thank God that we are able to hear the word of God. We still thank God for, for, for that. Um, we continue today with our series, our mini-series, Encounters with Jesus. And today we're going to look at John chapter, um, John chapter 4, verse 1 to verse 26. We're looking at the Samaritan woman, Jesus, and the Samaritan woman. Um, John chapter 4 verse 1 To verse 26 Let me read from God's word And then we'll pray and continue together This is what God's word says Follow me as I read from the ESV Now when Jesus learned That the Pharisees had heard that Jesus was making And baptizing more disciples than John Although Jesus himself Did not baptize But only his disciples He left Judea And departed again for Galilee away into the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you, a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? For for Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, Give me a drink, you would ask him and he would give you, he would have he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw water with and the world well is deep. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, but but you say that in Jerusalem is the place where people ought to worship. Jesus said to her, Women, believe me. The hour is coming when neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know, for salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such people to worship Him. God is spirit and the people who worship Him must worship Him in spirit and truth. The woman said to Him, I know that that Messiah is coming, He who is called Christ. When He comes He will tell us all things. Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am He. This is God's Word. Let us bow our heads in prayer. Our dear Heavenly Father, our Lord and God, we thank you for your word. Even as we consider this encounter between Jesus and the Samaritan woman, we pray that you draw our hearts to yourself, that you remind us that you are the one who truly satisfies our soul. You are the one who calls us to true worship. And may our lives be characterized, O God, by a desire for you, a desire for your ways. Speak to us, even today. Give me clarity of speech and clarity of thought as I declare Your word in the precious name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. One of the fascinating things about John's gospel, um, John gospel account, is the reality of the reach of the gospel. Now John is keen to demonstrate to us here that Jesus Christ did not come only for the well-off. He did not come for those who have their act together or those of a high social status in exclusion to the marginalized and the socially um, outcast. We, we see here, we see in chapter three, Jesus conversing with Nicodemus, a, a well-respected man in society. Now we, we, we turn to a Samaritan woman in chapter four. There's a stark contrast that is drawn between Nicodemus in chapter three and the Samaritan woman in chapter 4 By all means, by all measure of comparison she, 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 she was the opposite of Nicodemus D.A. Carson shows us the contrast here by pointing out a few things that made them different Nicodemus was learned powerful, respected orthodox and theologically trained. The Samaritan woman on the other hand was unschooled without influence, despised, capable of only folk religion. Uh, Nicodemus was a man, a Jew, a ruler, and she was a woman, a Samaritan, and a moral outcast. But here's the point. Though they were polar opposites regarding who they were, they both had the same need. They needed Jesus Christ. To use the expression of Blaise Pascal, they both had a Jesus-shaped vacuum, and that is all that mattered. And this shows us that the term "lostness" um, is not only fitting, or not only um, you know describes those who are just morally outcast, as in, but it is a term that describes the true condition of anyone. Who does not know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior That perspective helps us to, to see the agency That we need to have In terms of sharing the gospel In terms of reaching out to the world uh, With the gospel Because uh, lostness um, Describes Everyone regardless of their Social um, status Everyone who does not Know Jesus Christ And here in chapter 4 John gives us another account of an encounter with Jesus, uh, this time it's a Samaritan woman. The, the background that leads to this encounter is seen in the first, uh, uh, in the first three verses here. Uh, this is a time um, where Jesus was leaving uh, Judea for Galilee because of the animosity that was growing towards him from the Pharisees. And what is peculiar about this encounter i believe is that john wants us to to see that it is divinely appointed verse 4 speaks to that fact look at verse 4 in verse 4 he he says about jesus he had to go through samaria he had to go through samaria Uh, this was the shortest route from judea to galilee that many jews used but it wasn't the only route some strict jews who didn't want any contact with despised Samaritans would take a longer route, crossing the Jordan River to the east, traveling north, and then going back east, west to into Galilee. And since Jesus was probably already at the Jordan River, where where, where they were baptizing, he he could have taken that route. But we see here that he didn't. That the the word translated here had to uh, probably indicate more than geographical necessity Jesus had a divine appointment in Samaria he had to go by a divine appointment to Samaria because he had an appointment with a Samaritan woman. From this encounter this whole encounter there are two questions that confront us. The first question is what satisfies your soul the second question is what are you worshipping. Let us look at the first question What satisfies your soul? We see that in verse 6 to verse 19. There's something very interesting here about this encounter. Unlike Nicodemus, who sought Jesus Christ out with religious questions, we see that the woman did not seek Jesus out. As the conversation ensues between the woman and Jesus, we can see that even she wanted to keep away, she wanted to keep her distance from him. Notice that Jesus initiates the conversation with her. It, it is the sixth hour, which is noon. It's, it's around 12 o'clock during the day. He is resting by the well where while the disciples are in the city buying food. This woman comes to the well to fetch water during this time. You see, for a woman to be drawing water at, at this hour would be an unusual occurrence. It would be abnormal. So normally, the women from the village would gather together early in the morning while the the, the day was still cool. These women would go together to the well to discuss the gossip of the day and to to catch up and talk um, to each other as friends. And, And because this woman is alone and is coming at the hottest time of the day, it is an indication that she was a social outcast it seems that other women of the village didn't want anything to do with her she probably came to the well alone to avoid the insults and the attacks of of the other women the, the the reason here for this isolation is evident when you look at verse 16 and verse 18 she she was hated she she, she was hated even by her people she knows rejection five times she was married and none of those marriages worked. She was probably divorced or some of her husbands died and nobody wanted her. She has she probably convinced herself of that as well, that she is unwanted. She is an outcast. I want you to notice something, that though Jesus is weary from a long journey that he took with the disciples, here is a woman who is weary and heavy laden with the issues of life. Here is a woman who is truly, truly weary. The manner that Jesus engages her leads to the unraveling of her heart. While the disciples are away, he says to her in verse 7 as he initiates this conversation: give me a drink. Her response is one is of one who is startled, of one who is surprised that Jesus is even speaking to her. She says to him in verse 9. How is it that you, a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a woman of Samaria? John tells us why she would ask this question. For Jews had no dealings with Samaritans. There was an ethnic gulf that created animosity between Jews and and Samaritans. The, The Jews saw Samaritans as unclean and and to drink from a vessel that is touched by a Samaritan let alone a Samaritan woman would cause one to be unclean so Jews mostly tried to avoid contact with with Samaritans at all costs again it was unheard of for a man to talk alone with a woman and for a rabbi um, it would even mean reputational damage but we see Jesus, against this cultural mores or cultural expectations, reaching out to the woman. Charles Purchase put like, puts it like this. He says, Christ was cosmopolitan. He, he loved men of every nation and tribe and town and people. To him, there was neither Jew nor Samaritan. All such distinctions were banished from his mind. The, the, the woman uh, might as well say what she did But her words would have sounded strangely Out of place from the lips of Christ Close quote. And we see here Our merciful Lord Leading the woman to the heart of the matter Verse 10 He says to her If you knew the gift of God And who it is that is saying to you Give me a drink You would have asked him And he would have given you Living water Notice how this highlights what the woman truly likes. It draws her, her curiosity about the things of God and about the person of Christ that the tables attend. But while Jesus was thirsty for a physical drink, Jesus exposes the reality that, that, the, that the woman's thirst is far more uh, deeper than she can ever imagine. It is a thirst that is that is greater than the thirst for water. She needs living water, which according to John MacArthur is, is salvation in all its fullness. That includes forgiveness of sin and the ability and desire to live obediently and to to, to, to to live obediently and to live a life that glorifies God. And it's clear here that the woman still does not understand what Jesus is talking about. And, and, and what living water is because she's responding to physical issues her question in verse 12 are you greater than than our father Jacob Jacob uh, according to here gave us this well and, and and drank from it himself so did his sons and his livestock are you greater than him notice how Jesus responds to the question in verse 13 and, and verse 14 he, he points to the fact that The water that he gives is far better, and those who drink of it will not be thirsty again. The water that he gives us is a spring welling up to eternal life. This shows us that true Christianity is not primarily a matter of rituals and ceremonies, but rather an inward personal relationship with the living God. It must be in each person's heart. The, the picture of, of this living water springing up points to the continual source of life that the indwelling Holy Spirit supplies to the believers. It's, it's active and always flowing. There, there, may, be, there may be times of, of greater and lesser flow, but it never dries up. It is an ever-flowing river. Jesus is, is indeed... Um, as we see here, greater than Jacob. The, the well that Jacob dug only satisfies the, 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 a thirst uh, for, for just that time when, when the body needs water. It, it, it is just momentary. The, the, the living water that Jesus provides, on the other hand, truly satisfies the deepest thirst of the soul. This idea that that Jesus Christ is the greater fulfillment or the better fulfillment of Old Testament prophecies is is very clear here. John talks about it. You you can see in chapter 1, he says, he, he reveals Jesus Christ as greater than Moses in in chapter 3 Jesus Christ is greater than the serpent the bronze serpent that was lifted up in the wilderness and here in chapter 4 Jesus Christ is greater than Jacob and I'm also curious to 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 to, to, to uh, when, when 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 you look at this passage that the name that Jacob was given after he wrestled with God was the name Israel so Jesus Christ as the greater Jacob, as the greater Israel comes and to draw people to, to, to the kingdom of God, he is the Messiah who comes to, 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 to establish his kingdom and draw uh, the world to, to himself and to the kingdom of God it, it is clear here that he is truly greater this idea of water that satisfies and touches to the deep need of the Samaritan woman Jesus lifts the veil and uncovers her sin in verse in verse 16 to verse 18 we learn that she was living in immorality she, she has had five husbands and is now living with a man that is not her husband her, her pursuit of happiness and satisfaction has been through a life of wantonness and immorality it seems the more she pursued this lifestyle, the emptier she, she became. And isn't that what we do as well? Isn't that what we do? We try to, to medicate the emptiness of our hearts with things that are not built to satisfy. We pursue material things. Sexual immorality, infornication, adultery, pornography, masturbation. We, we pursue popularity. Only to learn that these things cannot truly satisfy. We will discover curiously that the more we run after these things, the more we pursue after these things, the the, the more happiness becomes elusive. Like drinking seawater. The more you drink it, the thirstier you become. And then eventually, you die of dehydration. The more we pursue these things of the world To, to fill in that void To fill in that gap is the more we learn and discover That they are not built to, 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 to truly satisfy our hearts uh, Our hearts cannot be satisfied by anything material Anything in this world The world will not, uh, does not have anything that can truly satisfy Zane Hodge, uh, Hodges um, notes here that one who drinks from the wells of the world will thirst again. For for sinful pleasures never satisfy, love, success, wealth, fame, these were but a few of the countless springs at which men and women have stooped to drink, only to rise from them to find that they offer no lasting inward satisfaction, no enduring personal Fulfillment. Now wonder what satisfies you. What truly satisfies your soul? Is it the wells of this world that are, are broken? There are broken systems that cannot hold any water, or is it Christ, the, the spring of the of, of, of living water who truly satisfies? You see, nothing in this world, nothing in this world will satisfy you if it is not. Christ we have we have we all have this Christ shaped vacuum and it is only him and him alone who can fill it so this passage answers this question first the the question of uh, what satisfies your soul the second question raised by this passage is what do you worship what do you worship and we see this in verses 17 uh, uh, sorry verse 19 to verse 26 That's 19 to verse 26 now none of the problem has been revealed her sin is exposed and it is out in the public but what is important to note and, and to commend as well is that she doesn't run away to avoid the uncomfortable experience of, of, of talking to someone who knows her heart but still, instead of admitting her sin, she tries to sway the conversation in another direction. Warren Wesby knows that it is much more comfortable to discuss religion than to face one's sin. We try so much to cover our sins with the garments of religion. with thinking that in attending church and in, 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 in giving to the church and, and so on and so forth and and, and we, we, we we are covering our sin, we are taking away that guilt of sin, but that is not the case see he who covers his sin cannot prosper he who covers his sin will not find peace and, and, and this woman tries to cover his sin she tries to, to sway the, direct, the, 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 the conversation in another direction but Jesus keeps her on course and does not allow her to wander away from the real issue at hand Jesus has a, a divine appointment with this woman he, he is drawing her to himself one crucial difference that she, she raises, she raises an issue of um, the difference between um, the Samaritans and, and, and the Jews in terms of um, how they worship and where they worship. You know, the, the, the difference between the Samaritans and the Jews was that the Samaritans believed that they must worship on Mount Gazerim, Ge- while the Jews insisted that God must be worshipped in Jerusalem. If Jesus were a prophet, uh, according to this woman, he, he could settle the dispute, as, uh, at least for her. Once again, our Lord's answer is not what she might have expected. We would think that Jesus would say to her that the Jews are right and the Samaritans are wrong. Men must worship God in Jerusalem. But he does not say this. Although this is true in terms of, of the past. It is true in terms, in terms of the past. But what Jesus Christ does here, he points here that true worship is is not geographically confined but worship is that is pleasing to god is when worshipers worship god in truth and in spirit the the, the worship that that god fight that that god finds acceptable it is not the samaritan kind of worship nor is it the the, the jewish kind of worship where they worship uh, they, they insist on worshipping in Jerusalem uh, the, the, the kind of worship that is acceptable to God Is worship in truth and in spirit This is the only worship that is acceptable to God As we see in verse 23 and verse 24 the, the, These words in spirit and in truth Can can be understood in, 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 in this way uh, I'm led to understand that our Lord is is saying this um, he's saying because God is spirit men must worship God in spirit that is they must worship God spiritually uh, and, and thus the, the, the place is not essentially um, as the spirit in which the, 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 the worship is conducted the, the, the place is not essential uh, I'm sorry to say uh, I'm, uh, uh, so that the place is not essential um, as the spirit in which worship is conducted again this leads to us to, to conclude that Jesus uses the word spirit with a double meaning as he often does with a lot of words so our Lord is saying that men can only worship through the ministry of the Holy Spirit who facilitates through spiritual worship in other words those who can truly worship God are those who are truly regenerate are those who are born again are those who are transformed by the gospel and finally the word truth refers here to God's word. In other words, worship is governed by the word of God. Man cannot uh, worship God in any way that they choose. We we cannot create our own way, our own mode of worship that is outside of God's um, word. So God determines how we should worship him. And I think verse 25 is still The woman trying to avoid the whole issue here what she's essentially saying here is is okay okay you and I really don't know um, much about this issue so let us um, let us just wait for the Messiah to come and he will tell us all things then the bombshell drops here and this is where Jesus is heading this is where Jesus wants her to, to, to come to an understanding of that, that the person that she is talking to is not just a prophet he is not just another man he, he, he is the Messiah himself Jesus says to her in verse 26 I who speak am he I who speak am the Messiah I'm the one who is to come and I am here and it is it is important to, to notice that it is in the context of talking about worship. In other words, the Messiah has come to draw people to himself, to create true and, and, and true worshippers who will worship God in truth and in spirit. The, the, the Messiah has come to create a new people to, to draw a new people to himself he is the one who is here and he says I uh, who speak to you am he we, we, we don't need to, to look uh, 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 you, you know to anticipate for someone to come the one that you are speaking to Is He is the one who has come Who is the hope of the nations He is the one who is going to draw people back to God He is the one who is going to establish his kingdom And he is the one who is going to save And draw people to himself He is the one who is going to give people new life This issue of newness Jesus Christ has come to give the people new life and and, and 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 it is so clear, even as the story continues, though we are not going to continue, that something has truly happened. As 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 this woman um, uh, encountered Jesus Christ, she has been transformed. And, and she runs to back to the city without even taking the water that she came for, because she had gotten living water. She runs with joy, and 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 just to describe what what she is experiencing would be to describe it with the title of C.S. Lewis's book uh autobiography to say um surprised by joy she's surprised by joy the, the the joy of new life the joy of having christ as the 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 one who truly satisfies our soul and, and the joy of having been transformed by the messiah to be a true worshiper of god and i wonder what truly satisfies you well, what true what are you worshipping in this passage we see this woman confronted with this um, questions and then we, we, we get the answers don't we that Jesus Christ is the one who truly uh, satisfies He is the, the living water and he's the one who, who who teaches us and who transforms us to truly worship God to live a life um, that uh, pleases glorifies and exalts God Amen may you be blessed as you consider these truths.